Welcome to It's All About the Questions, where learning to ask the right questions can help you achieve lifelong success. Now, here to help you ask all the right questions is award-winning author, international speaker, and business strategist, Laura Stewart. everyone and welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. Uh, it's always one of my favorite parts of the week and so glad that I am not coughing uncontrollably so that I can actually do the show today. Um, today is going to be one of those shows that is my most requested topic every time I have somebody on the show whose specialty is about helping somebody write their book, market their book, sell their book to more than their 10 family members. It is one of my most popular, most downloaded shows. And there are so many people out there that claim to know what they're doing around this topic, and they charge you fortunes for it, and maybe you sell 20 copies of a book. Or maybe the book that you write really doesn't share your authentic voice. So how do you write a book? How do you actually get it out there? And how do you find the people that can really help you do that? And my guest today is somebody I had on my show ages ago, back when the show first started. So it's like, what, five seasons ago. And I was introduced to her by Joe Serio, another guest on my show who I just love and adore. Um, Honoré Corder is on the show today. She is the founder of Indie Author University. She is the real deal. She understands what it means to be a writer herself. I think she's up to like 20 books that she's written, all of which has done really, really well, including one called Prosperity for Writers. Um, and, excuse me, Honoré, I'm really excited to have you on the show today. Delighted to be with you. Thank you for having me. And, you know, it's so fascinating to me. You know, my, my listeners know that I have a book out that I've written parts in other books, but I've struggled to write my next book. And it's changed multiple times, and I've not put it out. And I'm not the only author out there, the only writer out there when it comes to books. Now, I, I write for multiple magazines every month and all that, but... So many have trouble writing their first book, and then if they do write their first book, it doesn't really sell, or it sells really well, but they can't write the second book. Why is that from your experience? Well, I, see, I, I teach a class as part of Indie Author University called Publishing PhD, and where I start with my students is what do they want from the book? And then what do they want the reader to do? What do they want the reader to not do? And questions, right? It's all about the questions. So what are the questions people are asking them? What are the questions they wish people were asking them? And I encourage them to get a lot of clarity before they put pen to paper. I think the reason people have challenges with writing and or selling books is because they lack clarity. They simply don't have um, and, and, and if you don't know where you're going, if you just get in your car and you're like, well, I don't know where I'm going today, I'm just going to drive around, right? Ultimately, you're going to get hungry or frustrated and, and, and quit the journey. And so I think clarity is that main first target for everyone aspiring to write their book, to sell their book, or to write their next book. Okay, so how does somebody get clarity? I mean, this is such... Um, I get this question all the time, right? People come up to me and they go, I want to write a book. And I'm like, about what? And, yeah. and they're like, 
about X or about Y. And I'm like, okay, why do you think somebody wants to read a book about that? <laughs> and they're like, sure, because well, I wrote it. And I'm like, well, mm. who knows you besides you and your family? And it's such a common question that people can't really answer for themselves. So how do you guide somebody through these initial critical steps? Well, I'm asking them a bunch of questions, Laura, exactly what, exactly what I was just talking about. It's like going to the, it is about going to the next level. And the next question would be, what do you want the reader to do as a result of reading your book? That would be form, forming the vision statement. So when someone is done with my book, and I'll use my book, You Must Write a Book, as an example. I want the person who, thank you, thank you. I want the person who reads that book to write a book. So when I was putting together the contents of the book, what I wanted to create was a roadmap. Laura, I want you to write a book. I want you to write a great book that you're proud of and that fulfills the vision in your head. I don't want you to write and publish a crappy book. So I'm going to give you all the information you need so that you can professionally self-publish your book. And then ultimately, there's something that I want some readers to do as a result of reading my book. Generally speaking, if you're writing a nonfiction book, you want the person who reads your book to hire you to do something. Teach them, guide them, coach them, speak to their group, buy your course, something of that nature. And so that gets baked into the book as well. So for You Must Write a Book, I want everyone to write and publish an awesome book that they're proud of. I want them to not write a crappy book that they're embarrassed of later because they didn't know what they didn't know. I want them, if they're the right person, to call me and say, Honoré, please help me through this process. What are my choices for having you help me? And then ultimately, because having a book on your shelf collecting dust is a bummer, right? Not selling books is a bummer. I want you to understand how to market your book to sell books, and I want you to understand how to market with your book to sell your services or your products. So all of that goes into that book because that's the outcome for the book. This is what I want the reader to do as a result of reading my book. So I just took a a pretty involved process, and I distilled it down to some basic ideas. But does that make sense? It, it does, but let's ask a couple more questions around it. Because sure. what I hear you sure. say is that books are business. And if you're planning on writing a nonfiction book, now this is different than the fiction world to all my listeners out there. Today we're really focused on talking about nonfiction writing and, and nonfiction books. So before you take pen to paper, what you're saying, Honoré, is you need a business plan for your book. Is that what I'm yeah. hearing? <laughs> yes. Yes, you do. And and that for so many authors is a struggle because they they don't look at this is what I hear all the time mm-hmm. from people is they don't think of a book as a business. And and I get angry with that, right? Because I'm like, well then why are you writing it if you don't mm-hmm. want somebody to do something with the book? Are you just writing it because you think that um you have lots to say and everybody should know about it, but I know I've said that before so far on the show, but it's such a common thing that prospective authors and even existing authors 
don't think of a book as a business. So how do you shift that thought in them? I mean, is there, how do you get them to draw that out of themselves? I, well, I, I, I think I am the, one of the few people that can introduce that idea to them. So first of all, I do say, are you someone who believes you can make money from your book or as a result of your book? And for the most part, if they're talking to me, they're thinking that that might be possible, that either of those might be possible. Okay. Does that make sense? Right. And then I talk about the fact that I don't believe that it is impossible. In fact, I believe that it is possible because I'm living proof and I know lots of other people who do it to make a living or to make a significant amount of money or to create a significant income stream um, from their writing, from their book or from their books or whatever they have in mind. But I think that there is a cultural uh, belief that's passed around something along the lines of you can't make a money, you, you can't make any money from your book. So if you, if that's your belief, then why would you sit down to have a business plan? Why would you answer those fundamental questions before you put pen to paper? There are a lot of book support people out there. The ones that I mentioned at the beginning of the show that really are just out there to make money for themselves, not necessarily for yeah. the authors that say, if you're writing a nonfiction book, you need to think of it as it's just your business card and it's like a throwaway, like your business card to introduce you. I struggle with that because I think a book should be more than a business card. I'm, I'm completely with you. That, uh, that idea actually is very upsetting. I think when you pass out a business card, what you could say to someone is, hey, would you throw this away for me? <laughs> because that's what will happen. But your book is not a throwaway because – Books are precious, and we don't tend to throw books away. As a matter of fact, if someone gives me a book and it's not my cup of tea, I won't throw it in the trash. I will look at it and see who I think that I know that would enjoy it. Yeah, I'm the, I don't I'm the same way. I, I don't I throw books I away unless book. they are so horrible, but even then I struggle, and I'll, I'll pass it along to some used bookstore or something. So that they can right. potentially sell it. Right. A book is either going to sit, it's going to be shared, or it's going to be donated. But generally speaking, we as a culture don't throw books away. Okay. So as a prospective author, my listeners are, are out there thinking, well, everybody said I should have written a book during as soon as <laughs> quarantine started to happen. And now they're sitting there going, I haven't written a single word. Sure, I've sure, missed sure, out sure. on yep, the opportunity. Yep. I am terrible about this. There's been so much happening in my life. Um, the book is always going to take a back seat. I mean, you and I both have dealt with personal challenges throughout our careers. I know I, I got my book deal when I first wrote my book. I got the letter saying my book was accepted to be published um, when my mom was in having open-heart surgery. And mm -hmm. I, I missed my deadline the first time because I was just dealing with helping my mom heal after the surgery. The world shifted so much on already the last few months, and personal challenges have really shut a lot of people down. And, and you've dealt with them in your own life. So 
what do you say to people to help them write around their personal challenges to allow themselves the space to actually do it, that it's okay to do something for yourself to write this book because of who it's going to help? Well, let's just start with, um, a couple of things. It's such a great question. There's a lot to unpack there. So let's start with the fact that it is okay to give yourself some grace. Um, also, it's okay to turn off the noise in the news if you're quarantining like I am. It's okay to go, well, I'm quarantining. <laughs> I'll check in in a week or so and see if it's time to go out or not um, if you are staying at home right now. Um it's okay to turn off things that make you feel bad and turn on things that make you feel good. Watch something funny as opposed to watching something stressful. Um, and this, the thing that I encourage people to do, regardless of whether it's writing a book or just feeling like there's some sense of sanity and normalcy, is to establish a routine. What I did very early um, in quarantining, and this is day 76 for me of quarantining, what I did very early in the process in the first couple of weeks, as a matter of fact, was I established a routine that I stick to. It's a lot more fun than my normal routine because my normal routine involves going out and having meetings and those sorts of things. So I'm able to do those critical inch items, and I'll talk about that in just a second, that move the needle in the book that I'm writing. But I stick to a schedule. It gives me a sense of normalcy and a sense of routine. And I believe that structure sets us free. When you follow a structure, you know, I'm going to go to bed at the same time. I'm going to get up at the same time. I'm going to do things that make me feel good. So I have a morning ritual, a morning practice um, based somewhat in my work with Hal Elrod and the Miracle Morning Book Series. It's about getting up and taking charge of your day by doing success practices. So I start my day with that. I have an hour and a half of working on honoree and making sure that I'm in a good headspace. I call it prepping the asset, getting, and I'm the asset. So getting my mind and body and energy in the right space. And then I sit down with a group of people every day and we write for an hour and it's on zoom. It's never been in person, but since the, the coronavirus and being in quarantine, I knew that the people that I was surrounding myself with still wanted to write their book. So at 6 a.m., we hop on a Zoom, we say good morning. It's usually with one eye open, one eye closed right? <laughs> for some people if they don't have uh, had a sufficient amount of coffee yet. And then we write for an hour. And then I don't write the rest of the day, Laura. It's not as a writer um, that I'm writing all day every day. I'm writing for one hour. I get as many words in as I can. I think this morning I did 430. Sometimes I do 1500. Sometimes I do a negative number because I'm editing, right? It's not the number, it's the time. It's the fact that my butt's in the chair and I'm putting in the effort. Um, so if writing a book is a goal of your listeners and they've gotten to this point in quarantine and they haven't written any words yet, I would suggest that they ask those questions that I asked earlier. What do they want from a book? What do they want the reader to do? Um, and grab a free copy of You Must Write a Book, which they can do on my website. So if you want to share that, you can. Um, and to begin to put a writing practice in place, put a, a schedule in place, put a routine in place. And part of that routine would be getting some words down on paper on a consistent basis. 
um, th- there was just so much, and I was writing a whole whole bunch of notes of different things that you just said there. So awesome. Everybody awesome. for the dead air for a half a second there. Because um, as you unpacked my question, it led me to many other potential questions here. And please share also, you said that um, they can get a free copy of You Must Write a Book. Share the site where they can get that. Sure, honorarecorder.com. So H-O-N-O-R-E-E. C-O-R-D-E-R, it's just my name, .com, and right on the front it says get a free copy of You Must Write a Book. Okay, perfect. And we'll mention that again later on during the show as well. All right, so you talked about you spend the first hour and a half of your day prepping the asset yourself. What does that look like for you? Oh, great question. So for me, the 4.30 to 6 o'clock hour, and some people will go for nothing with a 4 in it, what used to be my mantra. <laughs> I have a a family and animals and things like that. I just like to have a little bit of time that's quiet. I know that those are the hours they're not going to be needing something for me. Um, So for me, I do a meditation first. Right away, sit up in bed, do a meditation. Um, Quieting the mind, getting reset. Um, And then I go push the button on the coffee machine while I go get dressed. What I'm getting dressed for is walking my dog which happens after my writing hour. So I have all my clothes laid out, what I'm going to wear for working out, what I'm going to wear for working, all that's laid out the night before so I don't have to make that decision in the morning, Um, get dressed in my workout clothes, come to my desk, and I read. I read um, a book. Uh, It's uh, nonfiction, educational for me, whatever that book happens to be. Um, The Miracle Morning, uh, The 4-Hour Workweek, Think and Grow Rich, um, the five second rule, tons of wonderful books, good stuff in first thing in the morning. I'm reading a book, um, and underlining and reading my goals. I read over my goals, um, and, uh, read some affirmations, do a little visualization. And it's amazing how quickly that time goes. Um, at about a quarter to the hour, I have an alarm that goes off to remind me that I'm going to be writing in 15 minutes. And so I do about 10 minutes of yoga while I'm listening to some sort of positive audio and at about five minutes to the hour, I go refill my coffee and I sit down in front of the TV. I open up my, or in front of the TV, no, in front of my computer, I open up my zoom room for the members of my mastermind to pop in. And again, then we say good morning by about six Oh three. It's, you know, okay, I'll see you all at the top of the hour and then write for an hour. And then at 7 o'clock, um, as I'm asking how everybody did, so how, how many words did you write or what did you work on? Did you do something? Are you glad you got up this morning? That, those kinds of questions. And then by about 7.03, my dog knows it's time to go out. Anyone with a dog knows <laughs> that it's time to stop. And I've put my shoes on and we're out the door. And so then I do an hour of walking with my dog. My daughter started joining me, which has been really great. And, uh, and then I come back, and by about 8.15, 8.30, I'm back at my desk, dressed, showered, ready for the day, and on with, my, on with my routine, the rest of my daily routine. That is a pretty impressive morning routine. How long did it take you to develop that routine and to make it more than a habit? Great question. I'm, I'm constantly refining it. I just added the yoga 
um, because when you have uh, miles and years, <laughs> and yoga is the, the great equalizer in terms of, uh, and I do yoga again later in the day. I read a book called The 5 a.m. Club by Robin Sharma at the beginning of 2019, and they talk about in, the, in that book the benefits of yoga and stretching and also having uh, the release of HGH, human growth hormone. And I figured, well, that's not a bad idea. <laughs> that's never bad. Let's release some of that, that those good uh, uh, chemicals into the body. Um, so I do the yoga in the morning, walking, and then I also do the same thing in the afternoon as well. Um, I'm constantly refining it, but you're right. It's not just a habit. It's who I am at this point. I know that in order for me to be positive and productive, I have to take great care of myself. And there's so much more that goes into that. There's hydration and eating and and sleeping um, in addition to all of uh, the things that I just mentioned. But it's taken me a long time to figure out what my personal combination is. And that's what I encourage everyone to do is what, what do you do when you're at your best? And then how do you make it so that those are the choices you're making all the time? Which is a little outside of books and book selling, but it definitely relates well, because I think it's, it's behind it. It's underneath it. Yeah, it, it totally is underneath it because, you know, I get this all the time from clients and from listeners, this whole idea of, well, I can't, I, I can never seem to convert anything to do it consistently. I, I don't know where to start. I don't know what to do. And I'll do it for a couple of days and then it falls off. How come I don't have enough willpower? And this often happens around writing as well. They're like, okay, well, everything else takes priority over it, which is why I, I think it's so important to ask that question of you of, you know, what is your routine and then what shifted it from habit? Because I think habits are, are something that we still consciously think of and have to do all the time versus, doing something that is just, as you said, who you are now. You may shift Well, and don't think bit. I'm not tempted to, to do anything else sometimes. There are some days where I sit down to write and the cursor blinks at me like it's laughing. <laughs> <laughs> like, ha-ha. <laughs> oh, I've been there. Some, yeah, some days it's easier than others, for sure. Some days I feel better than others like physically feel better than others. Some days I feel great. Some days I don't feel great. Some days I don't feel inspired. Um, I generally try to set myself up at the end of my writing session. I try to set myself up with some little breadcrumbs so that when I sit down the next day, I have a place to jump into. I find that that's helpful. If I don't finish a sentence or I leave myself a little note, this is what I was thinking pick up and, and keep talking about this here kind of thing. Do you ever write longer front than that hour if you're really on a roll? Um, if my schedule allows, generally speaking, with the, my dog is almost two and she's very into her routine and she knows it's time to go. It's time to go out. Mom, I got to go to the bathroom. Like, wrap it up, lady. <laughs> right? She's She's generally pawing at her leash and those sorts of things. Every so often she's tired and she'll stay in bed. And if I don't have an eight o'clock meeting 
or an 8.30 meeting, then yes. But generally speaking, no. For the most part, it's seven, it's, it's six to seven. And I've, I've published 53 of my own books. And I have, I've done that by being consistent. All right, so we're going to pause right here because Honore has so much more to share with us about writing, book marketing, and, and more. And during the break, think about what you'd like to be writing about and who needs to read it and what you want them to do after they have read your book. We'll be right back with more from the amazing Honore Quarter. Welcome back, everyone. If you missed the first half of the show, you missed a, an incredible conversation with my guest, Honore Quarter. She is the founder of Indie Author University. She has programs including publishing PhD and building a million-dollar book business. Her um, One of her most recent books, which she said you can get a copy for free at her website, is You Must Write a Book, and I can tell you it is an excellent book. So, Honore, the first half of the show we really talked a lot about how you can create foundational habits and how you can create the foundation for a successful book, creating the business plan, having sticking to a schedule, setting structure, understanding. You asked so many great questions along what do you want the readers of your book to do after having read your book or while reading your book? What's the next step you want them to take? So let's pivot into what somebody does after they've done everything we talked about the first half. And if you missed the first half live, everybody can catch it on podcasts, wherever podcasts are found. Um, we have the, we're one of the top podcasts um, on iTunes for entrepreneurship. So have a lot of fun. Go listen to some of the uh, podcasts that have already been happened and then listen to the first half of this one with Honore because, oh, my God, Honore, you shared so much great content. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. My pleasure. So let's talk about marketing your book. Here's something I hear very frequently from people. I don't understand why my book isn't selling. Um, I can't be marketing it. Other people should be marketing the book. If I market my book, then it's all about ego. Oh gosh, so so much so much to unpack right there. Gosh, um, let's see. Well, who are these people that should be marketing your book? Where are they? <laughs> right, I've I never heard of to them. know, right? Because <laughs> I would the average, know. <laughs> the average, even if you get a book deal from like Random House or somebody, they're really not marketing the book unless you're Michelle Obama. <laughs> you know what? And they're not even marketing the book if you're Michelle Obama. Here's what I have to say about that. When um, when someone releases a book, it is just like Julia Roberts doing a new movie. There's a new uh, Top Gun movie that's supposed to be coming out here very soon. And guess who's going to be promoting that movie? That would be Tom Cruise. Now, there will be ad placements and, and um, those sorts of things that are happening, but no one does it better than the star. And the star of a book is the author. You have to, as the author of the book, be marketing your book, or if you are wanting to get new clients or customers as a result of your book, then you must be marketing with your book. And there is a lot uh, to that process, but I will give some nuggets that I think will be helpful. First, you want some of the marketing to be baked into your book. So you want to connect with your readers. You will want to give your readers something as a, in addition to the book that they can get 
And in exchange for that, you're going to get their email address. So give them what we would call a lead magnet, a free downloadable, a top 10 list, some content that didn't make it into the book. Have them go to your website, put in their email address, and then get some bonus content. And you must write a book. Those of you that go and download that book, you'll get the you must book bonuses, lots of good extra tools that, didn't, uh, that I chose not to include in the book. Um, because it would have made the book 600 pages, and not very many people want to read a 600-page book. However, there are some really valuable things that um, aspiring authors need, some tools that they need that I give away as part of the book. In addition, marketing your book includes social media, which I break down into two things. There's the social part of social media, which is I want to get to know the author. Don't you want to know your favorite author a little bit more than just what's in their book? I do. Um, and then there's the media part, which is the sales part. You want to make sure that you are also telling people, I have a book and here's who it helps. Here's the problem that you have that my book solves, or here's the opportunity my book helps you to capitalize on. That's all part of your marketing. But there's really no one you can delegate your marketing to. You can do ads. You can do Amazon ads. You can do Facebook ads. You can do Instagram ads. Ultimately, though, what you're wanting to do with your book is get eyes on your book so that people can get their eyes on you. Does all that make sense, Laura? It does. And and let's delve a little bit deeper into that because for some, it's it's a struggle, right? They've written this great Mm -hmm. book, but they don't feel still that they're great communicators. Is there... Are there some tips or tricks or questions you can ask that help them know some beginning things that they can do to get the message out there about their book? Yes, of course. So the, where I start with my authors is I have them form an advanced reader team. I call it the ART, A-R-T, advanced reader team. And that is a group of people who would naturally want to read your book anyway. So they want to solve the problem that your book solves, or they want to capitalize on the opportunity that your book helps them to capitalize upon. As you are writing the book, you will identify other books that are like your book. I call that who are the books in your neighborhood, who are the people in your neighborhood. If you went into a bookstore and your book was on a shelf, what shelf would your book be on, and what are the other books on that bookshelf? You will want to find readers who have read the other books like your book there because they are interested in your topic. If you write a book on finance, you're going to want to go find other books on finance. If you write a book on real estate, you want to go find other books on real estate. And then you want to find the people that have read those books already. Have you read these books? Have you read The One Thing by Gary Keller? Have you read The Miracle Morning for Real Estate Agents by Michael Mayer? Have you read 7L by Michael Mayer, right? What are the other books that you've read that are like my book? Well, if you like those books, you're going to love my book. So come on over here and join my advanced reader team. I'm going to give you a book before publication. You get to read that book for free. And if you love it, I'd love for you to buy the book at a lower price before its official launch. Leave me a review and be part of my advanced reader team. Lots of benefits there. So I'm I'm taking a, a bigger idea and making it small. But that helps to launch the book properly. I love and get that it out idea into the because world. you're also getting test cases, right? If if you think that you're getting the right readers for your book, but as you're talking to them, they're sending you other people that are 
not who you thought, and those people are loving them. It, it also helps you expand the list or decrease or shift the list in another way as to who those readers are. Because sometimes we think our readers are one thing, but they're actually another. Have you seen that happen? I don't see that happen if people follow my process of getting a lot of clarity before they start. You shouldn't be getting feedback once you're giving someone an advanced copy of a finished book that says, oh, this book is really for this group over there or this type of person. So it starts really with going back and getting supreme clarity before you put pen to paper. You really want to know who you're writing the book for so that you're writing the book for that exact person. You can't um, write a book for everyone. Like, who is your book for? Well, it's for everyone. Well, actually, no, it isn't. <laughs> it's really for one particular person. In my work with my authors, I call that the avatar. Who is your ideal reader? A lot of times the avatar is either uh, a younger version of themselves or it is um, a client that they've worked with. So if you're an estate planning attorney and you're looking for new estate clients, then you would say, who is this person that, who is a person that I've worked with that's just been an unbelievably amazing client? I'm going to write the book to that person. What are the questions that they were asking me? What are the questions that they should be asking me? What are the questions I wish they would ask me? That becomes the basis for the content of the book. And the basis and, of the marketing by, as well, because you've got that clarity of who correct. that person is that you're marketing to. So you're in the correct. right groups on social media. You're, you're communicating yeah. with the right businesses kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And also then, then you can say to your strategic partners, and those are the people that are in business, in other businesses, and they serve your target clients. So if we stick with the estate planning attorney, um, if you have an estate, if you are someone who has enough money to need an estate plan, you also need a financial advisor, you also need a banker, you also need an insurance provider. So those other folks are your strategic partners. You can then market with your book by giving your book to financial advisors, bankers, insurance providers who are interfacing with your ideal client. And as those people say, gosh, you know what, I really do need an estate plan, they can say, oh, well, my friend Laura is an estate planning attorney. She wrote this great book. I have a copy for you. If you like the book, you're going to love the author. You're going to love her as you're an estate planning attorney. Feel free to give her her call. Her information's in the book. Okay. So you've got your your business plan, your advanced reader team. It sounds like there's a marketing plan in there as well as to where mm -hmm. the people are all hanging out, where you may want to speak or what podcasts you may want to be on or radio shows yep. because that's yep. what those people listen to. Would that be another step in, in your process that you take people through? I'm assuming this is in your yes. publishing PhD program, right? Yes, yes. Yes. So we go very deep on where are you spending your time to connect with prospective readers? How are you getting your book in front of people? And yes. Um, so let's, let's back up just a step and say that there are two ways that someone discovers a book. One is through recommendation. The number one way you find out about a book is because someone says, have you read Thinking Grow Rich? Have you read Awaken the Giant Within by Tony Robbins. Have you read The One Thing by Gary Keller? And if you haven't read it, 
because I'm recommending it and you trust me, I'm, you know, I'm the person you know, like, and trust, right? I can do the referral. You may open your phone and order a copy from Amazon right then, or you write it down to, so that you can order it later. That's the number one way that someone discovers a book is because someone else said, have you read this book? The second way is through releasing a second book. So I do say in my course, don't shoot the messenger. I just did tell you that, yes, you need to write another book if you're so inclined. Most people find that they enjoy the process and they're inspired and they have another idea for a book. So that's not generally a problem. However, don't you, when you read a book that you like, go and look up the author and discover what other books they have, if any. I know I do. So that the the older books become the backlist. Right. And so those are the two main ways that you discover a book. Well, how you get in front of people, how you get that recommendation is you identify radio shows, podcasts, television shows, blogs, um, and other ways that you can influence through influencers um, to get those recommendations out about your book. Okay. Influencers are something that I know I've struggled with and throughout my career as, as a writer is how do you get to them? So you've got do to I have a way. how do you get to people that can move the needle forward much larger increments than normally a book might get its recommendations? Well, I have a I have a process, and it's actually really fun. And I've done a little shift from fiction or to fiction from nonfiction. So I'm working on my first fiction book, and I'm putting into practice my process for getting to influencers. And I think the thing that that I suggest people hear more than anything else that I say is that if you want someone to do something for you, you have to do something for them first. When someone writes to me and says, Honoré, I want you to do this for me, I think, huh, well, that's interesting. You're not the only one. You're not the only thing on my calendar. I'm certainly busy, as is everyone. What I want someone to think about is what would they want someone to do for them and what influencers want. So influencer, an influencer is, is, is not not in the the way that it's being bandied about in in current times. An influencer is someone who can say, I read this book or I have this book and and you should read this book too. So that's anyone um, that can say that, whether they are an author or a, a podcaster or a television show host. Generally where I have my authors start is back at that list of books that are in their neighborhood. So what I just talked about is if you went into a bookstore or you went into the category on Amazon, who are the other books that are in that category? And I start with those authors. I actually read all the other books in my category and I share those books with my followers first. So my method, my process is to say, oh, well, here's Laura, and Laura is the author of this book. I'm going to buy and read and review that book because that's what every author wants. Every author wants honest five-star reviews, right, Laura? Right, absolutely. <laughs> we want everyone to go to Amazon and say, this is the best book I have ever read, five stars. This is amazing. All right, now, hopefully they're honest 
and five stars. That's what we're hoping for. But if that's what you want as an author, then that's what you should give away first. So I read all the books by all the authors and I review them because I I want a book sale and I want an honest five-star review. So I'm reviewing it on Amazon, on Goodreads, anywhere else I can find to review the book. I want to follow the author on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, do a connect and let them know, hey, I read your book. I think it's really great. And I've left a review for you. And then I like and follow them and posts and comment on their posts. And I put myself on their radar. Okay, you seem to have dropped out there. Honoré, are you still there? I think we've lost Honoré. Are you still there? No, I'm here. Okay, we lost you for a moment. You, nope. you talked about getting on their radar, and then you dropped out. Okay, so I put myself on their radar in a good, friendly, fan kind of a way, and from an authentic place. I would never write an, a dishonest five-star review. I would never say, oh, my gosh, I love this book. If I don't have something nice to say, then I say nothing. But I put myself on the radar of the person that eventually I would like to help me. I want to see if they're a nice person. Are they paying attention? Are they running their social media? What's going on? Are they grateful? Okay. You dropped out again. Honoré, are you still there? Okay. So um, Honoré has dropped out for a few moments, and we'll wait for her to come back. I'm there. She is again. <laughs> okay, you're breaking up significantly. I don't know if you've moved from where you started talking to us in your house to a different spot, but your signal is breaking up. Okay. I'm still here. I haven't moved an inch. Okay, great. Well, you came back. So your signal is good now, so let's let's continue on. I want to make sure that everybody understood what you were just talking about because I think this is is such an important process. This is, you know, when you're trying to get an influencer, it's not about just asking somebody. In some cases, it works just fine. But in other cases, people want to know that you even know about them before you do it. And I, I loved how you put that on array because it's so important um, to, to do things for others. I get requests all the time for people who want me to read their books, and I don't even know who they are. Or they'll quote something, and I realize that they're, they've just made something up that they actually didn't listen to an episode of my show or something like that. So, um, Honoré, I know you have tons of resources out there for people. Um, one question I want to ask before the show ends is, Is there one thing that you wish authors would do that you find that is the biggest struggle for them? We're getting like every other word. I promise you have not moved in the entire hour. Nothing has changed. I'm not sure. Can you hear me now? These last couple of minutes. So 
Um, okay, why don't you go ahead and answer the question if you can. Sure. It is the time and money that it takes to produce a professional book. Okay. So expand on that a little bit. Um, well, in Okay. Um, Honore, do me a favor. Hang up and call back in in case uh, something happened to the line you called in on. So if you can hear me okay, hang up and call back in. And Mr. B will put you back into the system in the last few minutes that we have of the show. Everybody, I've been here with Honore Quarter. She is the founder of Indie Author University. Her website is honorequarter.com. That's H-O-N-O-R-E-E. C-O-R-D as in David, E-R.com, and you can download a free copy of her book, You Must Write a Book, and also get um, a bunch of other free resources that she has on her website about writing a book, marketing your book, selling your book, writing your next book, the habits that you need to turn from... Um, a habit into who you are and how you do things on a daily basis. She's back, Laura. Okay, excellent. Honore? I'm here. Can you hear me now? Yes, much better. Thank you so much for doing that. So I just talked about your website and where they can get all the free resources um, at honorequarter.com. Last thought that you'd like to share with my listeners. Um, I'm not sure that we got the last point, which was to take the time you need to take and invest the money you need to to spend to produce a wonderful book that you're going to be proud of and that's going to fulfill the vision that you had for it when you first started. Writing a book is a big deal, and being an author is, I think, one of the best things you can possibly do. So just dot your I's and cross your T's, and your book will take you places that you Um, could not imagine. It will create opportunities for you that I can't predict, but I know are out there. I know because I've lived it myself and I've watched it happen for other people. And you're, you're going to love being an author and being able to say that you're an, the author of a book. You're going to be really proud of yourself when you've done it and it's going to do amazing things for you. I'm so glad that you were able to get back in on a clean line so that we could hear that last thought. I don't think a lot of people realize the costs involved with writing and producing a good book, not just something that is disposable. I can break them down quickly. Um, Editing. Some of the costs. Yeah, so... Yeah, so I I call it the four cornerstones of a professionally published book. You want to have great, a great cover. So you're going to spend um, probably around fifteen hundred to three thousand dollars for a great cover. And there's a quite a bit of research that goes into um, setting up your designer um, to win in terms of creating a design that fits into your genre. So look. Uh, for recommendations, and I have those in You Must Write a Book for You. Um, You'll want to do interior formatting, but not until you've had a professional editor go through your book once or twice. And so you're going to pay between two and six cents a word for editing and proofreading. So the proofreading is less expensive. You'll have at least one editing pass from a professional editor. And this is someone who is an editor for a living, not someone who is an English teacher. 
So just to make the distinction that you want someone who has spent some time in traditional publishing, ideally, to edit your book and then a second set of eyes to proofread the book. Um, And then finally, you're going to find someone who is a copywriter and they're going to write the sales copy or the back cover copy or the retail sales copy. Those are all the same thing, just under different uh, names. And you're going to spend between $150 and $500 for someone to really nail that copy. And copy actually converts at a higher rate than the cover. So you're going to have a terrific cover, which is going to catch someone's eye, but that, that cover copy where they flip it over or they read the description of the book on Amazon or Barnes & Noble or iBooks is going to determine whether they actually buy the book, whether the book is actually for them. So those are the things that are the most important um, elements. Um, the design, interior, and cover design, editing, proofreading, and the copywriting of the book. I mean, I, I've seen people spend upwards of $10,000 for their self-published book or spend somewhere amounts of money, even if they've gotten a book deal from somewhere, to make sure that it's the highest point. So, Honoré, I want to thank you so much for being on the show today. And one more time, share how they can get a free copy and the resource, free resources of You Must Write a Book. Yep, so they can go to honorecorder.com and right on the front uh, page it says get a copy of my of You Must Write a Book and then once they open up the book there is a, uh, um, a link for them to get those bonuses and all free. Um, happy to help them get started on their journey for sure. Perfect. Thank you so much for being on the show and sharing your wisdom. And everybody My pleasure. the right questions can change your life. So what are you asking today? And above all, be kind. You've been listening to It's All About the Questions, starring Laura Stewart. Connect with Laura at itsallaboutthequestions.com and download a free workbook that will help you ask better questions starting today. 